continuing with our earnings coverage, let's dive into Avaya Technologies, ticker AVYA. Stock is down about 5% despite reporting earnings that beat expectations and increasing guidance for annual recurring revenue. The cloud and communications stock CEO joins us, Jim Chirico, as a CEO at Avaya. Jim, welcome to Morning Trade Live. Thank you for being here. Yeah, Oliver, thank you. It's great to be on the show. Let's talk about your numbers from this past quarter and also the acquisition of CT Integration, CT Suite, another piece of news that came with this report. Why do the deal? Walk us through how it fits into your business. Sure. Well, first of all, as you mentioned, we posted a strong set of results this morning and exceeded street expectations for profit and revenue, and more importantly, raised our guidance. And I'm really grateful for the Avaya team around the world for delivering the results that we, that we did. You know, a number of things happened this past quarter. First of all, we've executed on our strategy and that's to move to a, a growth company, move to cloud and SaaS, and, and equally as important, maintain uh, a highly profitable business. And kind of put that into perspective, we've now just delivered five consecutive quarters in year-on-year revenue growth. ARR, annual recurring revenues, are up 275% from year-on-year, 96% of that of which is coming from large enterprises, which are really fueling our, our growth and really fortifying the strength that we have in large enterprise contact centers. 90% of the Fortune 100 use of IDA run mission-critical applications. 64% of our revenues are now recurring, and EBITs are still in the mid-20% range. So our business remains strong, demand remains strong, and we're uniquely positioned. CT Suite is a great complement to our solution in the, in the public CCAS. They are an industry leader in really driving digital solutions for the customer experience. It's a great acquisition. The team has done a wonderful job and they're just going to fuel our, our continued uh, growth in uh, public cloud CCAS. So we're quite excited about that acquisition. Uh, when you say CPaaS, just to keep my viewers who may not know, the Tech Lingo communications platform as a service. Your services and your software enables uh, users to include video communication, audio into uh, their own platforms, and they basically use code to do that, right, Jim? Uh, right now, when you say mission critical, can you give us some more details just for those that aren't familiar with the company? Uh, are we talking, uh, when you say Fortune 100 companies that are using that for mission critical, what is that in terms of the most popular, uh, most frequently employed part of your business? Is it video, is it text? What are they doing with it? Yeah, it's really running uh, the, a number of their contact center solutions across large enterprises. Um, so, you know, running the, the contact center solutions and now adding on top of that, what we're calling a composable enterprise. So Avaya is an industry leader and in, in really delivering a unified platform of unified communications with contact center communications. Now with CPaaS capabilities, uh, a, a common platform, we're now able to bring innovation to the edge. And what that allows us to do is really deliver a composable solution. And we're one of a few that can only do that. What do I mean by that? Traditionally, you'd go in and you do this huge release, very complex, takes a lot of time to provide enhancements. Now with our capabilities through API, through AI, video, voice, collaboration, we're able to now do that for each and every uh, department, if you will, Come up, uh, take that into individual compartments. And now they're able to do that on the fly, extremely fast, very simple, and be able to provide those unique solutions and flexibilities such that our customers can drive a better customer experience. 
And as I mentioned, Avaya is one of only a couple of companies that can actually sort of come over the top, if you will, and provide those unique solutions. Jim, uh, the EBITDA forecast you gave of 700 to $715 million, the previous guidance was between 690 and 720. Uh, so you're able to narrow that a little bit. Uh, you boosted up the bottom line, uh, trimmed down the top, uh, and walk me through what's behind that. Anything in particular? Does the deal have anything to do with it, the cost of the deal? Well, first of all, we uh, we're a highly efficient organization, and execution is 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 really sort of our forte in the marketplace. So we have a very disciplined approach to how we deliver our overall solutions. So that's one of the reasons why we raised our overall EBITDA performance. Secondly, Oliver, we're investing significantly back in the business to take advantage of the strength that we're seeing in the market. So we've been able to, because we're highly profitable, invest back in R&D, go-to-market skills, build out the capabilities and systems you need in order to compete in a very uh, competitive cloud environment, and yet we're still in the 24% range as EBITDA percent of revenue. So one, it's, it's fueled by our revenue growth, it's fueled by our capabilities and the efficiency that we have within our operations, and in fact, we're taking a lot of that profitability and investing it right back in the business. When you talk revenue growth, uh, I hear you mention revenue growth a lot, Jim. You're up a percent and a half over the past year. Now that you're using annualized recurring revenue and you're a cloud-centered company, you're being categorized among cloud companies. And from Bloomberg's data, that puts you in the bottom 1% of top-line growth. You pair that with debt that seems uh, fairly notable compared to your peers uh, with uh, total debt, uh, roughly about a couple billion is what I see, right? So it seems like your top line is fairly thin compared to most software companies and you've got some baggage with debt, how do you work that off in a field where investors want to see 20, 30% top line growth if you're going to label it as a cloud company? Yeah, it's a great question. I think what you need to do is, again, take that into perspective a bit. First of all, we're going through a multi-year transformation from a prem-based uh, company to a cloud SaaS company. If you take a look at where our revenue is growing, it's growing in cloud and in SaaS, and as I mentioned, we're up 275%, but to, again, I mean, a year ago we were 200 million of ARR. This year will be 500 million. Next year we announced today that we're raising our guidance and by the end of 2022, we're gonna be a billion dollars in ARR. So doubling year on year. We still have a huge core business for roughly $3 billion in total. And as that business transitions, you know, not only are we growing significantly on the newer products and where the market is moving, but we also have a very stable base of existing uh, revenue portfolio. And, you know, we're, we're quite excited about that. And in fact, this year will be the first year in 14 years that the company will actually achieve year on year revenue growth. So we're about, you know, and they're still in the early innings of that transformation. But it's great to see the strength and our customers that really, uh, you know, purchasing and, and having us enable their digital transformation journey, calling on us a via trusted partner as we've been for many years. And as we work through that traditional uh, that transformation over the next year or two, you're going to see the composition of our revenue continually to move more and more towards cloud and SaaS. So, you know, we have a large install base. It's been you know, a real strength of ours. It'll continue to be a strength, but the ability to, to operate in 190 countries, have that breadth, depth, depth, and technical expertise is really separating us from the rest of the pack. 
I will say that uh, from the earnings standpoint, of course, when you are able to uh, generate three bucks a share as you expect to, uh, there's uh, that standout as uh, a group in cloud that there's a lot of companies still that don't make bottom line, uh, you know, profitability. On the debt side, walk me through how that profitability makes it through paying down debt. Is that a priority and how does that fit into the guidance here over the next year? Yeah, look, I mean, obviously we understand our, our, our balance sheet. We understand, um, you know, uh, the obligations, if you will, in front of us. It's one of the reasons why we continue to, to drive EBITDAs in the 24 to 25% range. That is our model. We're operating, in fact, we're exceeding our financial framework. So we don't have any issues there. And we're taking those additional profits at this point and converting those and putting them and building the strength uh, across our overall portfolio products. Okay. But more importantly, the skills we need so we're you know we, we have no uh no concerns whatsoever about servicing that debt and we're going to continue to manage um you know sort of our financial allocations as needed okay jim thanks for walking us through the plan appreciate you being here thank you very much absolutely jim tarico is the ceo at avaya avya the ticker sure still up over the past year even though pulling back after earnings the last few quarters